0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, March 7th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Steve Hellwagon. We're a little late getting started, Uh, a little technical difficulties. uh, So we are now live and in living color. Uh, You know, a lot to talk about on the show today, Steve. Spring ball starts tomorrow for the Buckeyes. We'll start with that. We'll get into hoops to finish the show. Um, They're throwing a lot at us tomorrow, and I am here for it. A portion of practice is open to the media and then we're going to get Ryan Day afterward. We're going to get Kevin Wilson and we're going to get Jim Knowles afterwards. We're getting the head coach, both coordinators. I love that. We'll get into main storylines, guys that need to help themselves the most in a moment, but just your thoughts on spring ball kicking off tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, an exciting time. The players have worked really hard the last six weeks or seven weeks since uh, they resumed after the bowl game. And uh, you see on social media, they put up some snippets here and there and, Guys are probably ready to get back on the practice field after doing all of the running and calisthenics and lifting and everything else that uh, can be involved in, 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 in that off season program. So uh, I've got a number of guys that I look at uh, for uh, players on the spot guys who really need to have a big spring. And I'm, I'm uh, I'll be interested tomorrow. You know, you're not going to gain a whole lot the first day. They're not even in shoulder pads on the first day. But uh, a lot of guys out there that I'll be looking at.
0: Yeah, talk about some of those guys. I know uh, you're uh, taking a a close look at about 10 guys, like you said. Uh, Talk about some of those guys.
1: Yeah, and again, we don't know the injury status of some of these people. Like uh, starting at running back, I I look at uh, Evan Pryor and Marcus Crowley. I mean, those are two guys right there uh, that – need to take the bull by the horns and show that they can be the backup. I mean, Mayan Williams is still there, obviously, but uh, you need depth. They needed three running backs this past year at times, and I think you're going to need them again this year. Um, I really didn't have the quarterbacks on my list, but now that now that we're into it, I mean, everybody knows C.J. Stroud is the guy, but uh, you get beyond him. Is it going to be Kyle McCord? Is it going to be Devin Brown as that primary backup? And the race for that starts – Uh, Tomorrow, on the field, making every throw, you're going to be graded on every movement. So those guys are kind of on the spot, too. Then you got a third-year receiver, Julian Fleming. First two years have been really pretty much a wash for him. And uh, the moving sidewalk is ending. Please look down because they've recruited extremely well at the wide receiver position, and he needs to have a big spring. I think to carve out an itch, if he's the third wide receiver or if he's going to continue to be one of the primary backups, Uh, He's got to have a big spring. Tight end position, G. Scott Jr. Um, You know, again, third year, moving sidewalk, ending. Please look down. Uh, They've got guys coming up behind him. Joe Royer uh, is one. And some other guys, uh, Hart uh, coming up behind him at the tight end position. It's pretty much wide open. If Cade Stover is going to be on defense, then who's going to play tight end? I mean, you have Mitch Rossi back presumably as the H-back to block on the goal line in short yardage situations. But who's going to be the every down tight end? Will they even use an every down tight end? That's a big question. So there you go. When I was at the combine, Dave, we asked the linemen who they really like, out of the offensive linemen, and Josh Fryer was a name that came up. I mean, everybody said Paris Johnson, Donovan Jackson, uh, Matthew Jones, you know, the usual suspects. But Josh Fryer was a name that came up time and time again. Does he sneak in and steal a job from somebody? That's a question going into this spring on the offensive line. Defensive line, Noah Potter, third or fourth year guy. Moving sidewalk is ending. Please look down. I know he missed last season with uh, you know the eye injury and, and everything else that happened. Is he 100%? Is he full go? Can he win a job in the 2 deep? Because they're there. I mean – I didn't see enough production last year out of anybody to say there's a sacred cow on that defensive line. So either he's a defensive tackle, defensive end. He's an intriguing guy to me that has shown some flashes at times. He could be a guy. Does he steal a job uh, beginning this spring? Linebacker, we touched on it a little bit with Cade Stover. Is he going to be an every down linebacker for this team? Played great in the Rose Bowl and, you know, physicality to athleticism to burn. To Roger Mitchell, you know, fifth year guy, never made his mark. Is it time? You know, those guys, it's, it's now or never you're getting passed up. There's guys behind you that can play. Uh, we saw it with Eichenberg and we saw it uh, uh, with steel chambers. Those guys are ready to go. And then the secondary court Williams, you know, master of all trade or, or Jack of all trades, master of none. Is he, is he a corner? Is he a safety? Is a is he the the third linebacker safety? He's definitely not a corner. Yeah. What what he's probably not a, probably not a corner. Safety, safety hybrid linebacker.
0: I think yeah. Noles will like him. Yeah. Yeah. Lathan
1: Ransom's kind of the same boat. Got a lot of playing time last year. Not all that great in coverage at times. So, lot to prove to new coaches, secondary coaches, all new new coordinator. Um, those two guys, to me. If they want to win jobs, they got to play real well this spring.
0: You touched on Cade Stover. I want to ask you about him. It, I think a lot of us are presuming, myself included, that he will be that hybrid that is really, you know, the linchpin of that Jim Knowles defense. And they're going to use more than one guy. It's not just going to be one guy who's going to play every snap the entire year. Maybe they'll rotate a couple guys. But there's a lot of uh, you know assumptions out there. Again, myself included, that Cade Stover will be that hybrid defensive end, outside linebacker. He did. He looked really good in the Rose Bowl. Um, your thoughts on what Cade Stover's role will be and what you expect out of him?
1: Well, I haven't done the deep dive on what Jim Knowles wants or what his defense looked like at Oklahoma State. I, I hear this, these things, and they're all great in principle. But, you know, what worked maybe in the Big 12 where they threw on first, second, and third down, uh, you know, might work in the big 10. I don't know. At some point you also have to stop the run in this conference as it was proven by uh, the university of Michigan that just trampled Ohio state. So, you know, I'm all for hybrid this, and he's athletic that, but at the end of the day in the big 10, you got to be able to do both. And that's what I'm going to be looking for out of this Jim Knowles defense. And, You know, stopping the spread and getting after the passer are huge. And Ohio State struggled at that at times last year. Uh, So, you know, is Kate Stover the right guy for that? I suppose he is. But at the same time, in the Big Ten, the tackles are 320 pounds. And you put a 240-pound guy out there, my experience is they just get swallowed up. Uh, They're just – they can have great athleticism – But when that 320-pound guy gets their hands on them, you know, they're not making any plays. So I think, in theory, it makes some sense. In theory, I'm excited about it. Let's just see it in principle and in uh, in execution is what I want to see. Is this really the scheme that Ohio State needs to have to go win the Big Ten championship and win the national championship? It might be. It might be. Maybe they've got the right people. Sounds to me like you need five-star studs to pull this thing off. And they've got – luckily for them, they've got a few. They've got Sawyer and Tuvalao and Styles and uh, the two linebackers they brought in, Powers and Hicks. So, you know, let's, I guess, get those guys in the fold and see what it's at. Styles won't be there this spring, obviously, but the other guys will be. So, um, to me, Stover, again – They've moved him around so many different times, so many different places. He's never had a chance to win a job, and now he finally does. So I'm rooting for him because he's a great kid, and I think he's a great football player too. So, um, you know, Ohio State has done good in recruiting on defense. They need to get back to recruiting great on defense, and that's not just four guys, Tua Malau, Sawyer, Hicks – and uh, Powers, you need across the board, you know, every position, you need a four or five star guy. And they don't, they haven't had that the last couple of years. So that's the results we've seen.
0: I am really excited to see year two of Tuimolo Al and Jack Sawyer. It's like Tuimolo Al got here right before the season started last year. I'm thinking, is he even really going to play much for a true freshman? He played a definitely a decent amount and looked good up there. Now, full year with Mick. Uh, you know, a full year learning the – well, I guess not learning the system. It's a new system they're bringing in. But still, that second year, we've seen it so many times. Guys make a big jump from freshman and sophomore year. I'm looking for huge things out of Tuimo Lowell and Jack Sawyer. All right, unfortunately, let's switch gears and talk basketball. My goodness, that, that was just terrible yesterday. That was terrible. Michigan is without their best player. And I know Ohio State was down Kyle Young. And I'm as big of a Kyle Young fan as you're going to find. He is a glue guy. That's a phrase we use a lot in sports, maybe overuse it. But Kyle Young is the definition of a glue guy. So that hurt Ohio State. But still, you cannot be senior day. I mean, you know better than anybody. You follow this basketball team closer than anybody. Um, It's senior day. You're playing Michigan. They're down there, you know, their best player. And you go out and you lay an egg like that right on the heels of a couple of bad losses. Yeah, they did beat Michigan State, but they also lost to Maryland. Um, Lost in Nebraska, which was ridiculous. Just this team is going the wrong way at the worst possible time, Steve.
1: Yeah. Dave, uh, rainy days, Mondays, and losing to Michigan. Those are things that will get you down. And uh, that's where we're at here at 9.19 a.m. as we tape this on Monday, March the 7th. It was senior day. They honored seven guys before the game, including E.J. Liddell, which is kind of a departure from past tradition to recognize a junior. There was Jimmy Jackson sitting at uh, courtside calling the game for Fox, and I was at his last home game against Illinois in march of 1992 and randy ayers was honoring all the seniors uh, mark baker chris Gent, all those guys out on the court jamal brown and jimmy was standing in the doorway of the locker room looking back and i could tell in his eye that that was his last game as well at st john arena so it had to be pretty poignant 30 years later to be back there and be there on a senior day and to have a pretty good senior class but again Endemic of the whole thing. You don't have five-star studs, and, and this is the result that you're you're left with. You've got a team of role players and two pretty good players, EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham. And it's just not just not getting it done. And stretch very thin because of the injuries. Kyle Young not there. Obviously, Justice the Suing has missed the entire season. There's two of your top four players right there, have been, you know, in and out, or, or at least young in and out and suing out. And then, uh, senior day, emotional, should have been a big day. You're playing your rival, Michigan. Uh, you are playing ultimately, as it turned out, Iowa lost to Illinois. So had you won now, Iowa led that game the entire way and Illinois kind of stole it at the end. Anybody who watched it last night, but, uh, Had you won, you'd be a top-four seed in the Big Ten tournament, wouldn't have to play till Friday, have a favorable uh, setup for the Big Ten tournament. And that wasn't enough uh, incentive. And 19,000 people, almost – it was pretty much a sellout. There were some empty seats in the corners of the Value City Arena. 19,000 people who were ready to rock and roll, ready to party, were loud in the first half. In the second half, Ohio State lays the egg of all eggs. Turnovers, poor shots, couldn't defend the three-point line, couldn't defend Jones on the drive. The Devontae Jones kid from Michigan is a transfer from Coastal Carolina. He's a good player. I like him. Is he worth 21 points and nine assists? I don't think so. They made him look like Isaiah Thomas out there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah they made him look like Isaiah Thomas. That's That's perfect that's a perfect analogy they turned to they turned just a guy you know everyone calls these guys jags into Isaiah Thomas and <clears throat> again this if it was one game you'd say oh you know whatever but you know it's time and again I will say in their defense injuries I will say in their defense this was the eighth game in a 20day stretch which has never been done. don't try this at home they were four and four in that stretch yeah okay, they were favored in each of the last four games and went one and three. Right. I mean, it's the Nebraska game to me hinged on why is Joey Brunk not in the game to defend the rim? Because Nebraska drove to the basket for one layup after another and Ohio State took one bad shot after another, whereas they could have put the ball on the block to him and I can live with him missing a shot, you know, if that's what it is. Uh, They finally put him in against Michigan State and voila, what happened? You you basically blew out Michigan State. You won by 11. But you had that game in hand the whole way. And he played his career game and showed, you know, it was like I, I joked in my prediction, he was in a box with glass over it that said, in case of emergency, break glass. Well, against Michigan State, they pulled him out of the glass, put him in the game. First half against Michigan yesterday, they put him in the game. He did pretty well. Second half, he didn't play a whole lot. Again, they get in love with this go small. We got to, you know, get small or play the smaller lineup or guard lineup, five-guard lineup or whatever. Again, bad shots. Get that guy in the game, put the ball on the block, and let him go to work. You know, to me – I. And again, Devontae Jones driving for layups. Had Brunk been there, maybe, maybe that doesn't happen. Um, I don't know. They got carved up on the ball screens. And uh, I asked Coach Holtman about it after the game. Uh, he said that why were they going? I asked, why are you going under the ball screens when they're wide open to shoot threes? They wanted Devontae Jones to shoot threes. He's 25% in Big Ten play. Well, look at his overall season stats. He's 33%. I think that's a pretty good percentage. The other two guys, Williams and Brooks, both high 30s. And they just let those guys shoot one open three after another. And to me, that was the difference in the game. And the turnovers, too careless, Dave. You and I play basketball. Did you, ever, did you ever have the basketball and just kind of hold it here like this and just figure they're afraid to guard me? There's no one coming. No one's going to come and take this ball from me. That happened four or five times yesterday where somebody just came over and just took it right out of their hands. Or there were careless passes that they weren't looking at the guy you're throwing the ball to, and it went the other way. Uh, Michigan outscored Ohio State 12-2 to points on turnovers. That's the difference in the game. So, again, carelessness, bad shots, terrible defense, and you lose to a Michigan team barely over 500. Michigan had the urgency. They're playing to get in the NCAA tournament. Ohio State, where is your urgency? Where is your urgency? I don't see it. Uh, Hit the reset button, Big Ten tournament. You play the winner of Penn State, Minnesota. Ought to be a win. Then you get to play Purdue in Indianapolis, and they'll probably have about 12,000 of the 18,000 people rooting for Purdue. So good luck with all that.
0: Last thing, real quick. So, what seed are they looking at right now? All things, assuming they don't go on a crazy run in the Big Ten tournament. Let's say they win a game in the Big Ten tournament. This is They're
1: this losing. is the sad thing, Dave. This is been, the sad thing. They were a four seed after they beat Illinois. Yeah. They were a freaking four seed, and you know what that means? That means you play a thirteen, probably win the first game. Although with this group losing to a fifteen last year, you never know. You never know. Four seed, I feel good about getting the second round. Then you have a 50-50 game playing the five seed to get to the Sweet 16. You know, I like their chances because this team at times in the right situation has shown some grit. At Illinois, they did show some grit. Uh, Maybe they could win that game and get to that long-awaited Sweet 16. They have completely botched this thing with the way that they have lost games now down to a seven, maybe even an eight, hard to say, so you're playing a 50-50 game in the first round against the ten seed. And then if you just so happen to win, you are guaranteed to play a top-10 team in the second round. Good night, Irene. So, yep. you know, you, you've completely – you're gonna, you're swimming upstream at this point in the NCAA tournament. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, I
0: was hoping for a Sweet 16. I thought it might be in the cards. I'll, I'll be shocked if they get to a Sweet
1: 16. I haven't played to that level yeah, they simply they, have not played to that level. It's unfortunate. Injuries. Yeah, it's been a those very rescheduled dis- games killed them. It's been a very
0: disappointing season overall. And you know, again, if they're fortunate enough to win one game in the NCAA tournament, as you mentioned, now they're going to be playing an elite team, probably a two seed. They're a not top ten one. team. They're not beating a two seed. They're just, they You know, we'll see what happens. Great stuff out of Steve Hellwagon. I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you to everybody for tuning into the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. football fans this is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game join me Nico Cantor Charlie Davies Alexis Guerreros and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news analysis conversation and exclusive interviews If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.